LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Amber Leah, co-founder of IW and Friends Watch Company. She's going to come on the show today and talk about how she became a LinkedIn famous, if you will, <laughs> talking about the article published about her on how she turned her passion into a $118,000 crowdfunding result in her spare time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the ever so talented Amber Leah. So today we're sitting down with Amber Leah. How's it going today? I am doing great. How about you? Cheers. Usual. Chilling at Bites, enjoying myself. Great conversation. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Um, so my food on job has nothing to do with my passion. So I work for a you know big financial company. I'm not going to name it. Um, my main my major like job responsibilities is marketing related. Um, it's kind of building my building up my expertise for my passion. Um, I am a watch company's co-founder. Um, I launched a very successful Kickstarter campaign last year. Uh, we got founded 118k within 30 days, and we just launched our new website. Um, my brand name is called IWFNF. Um, ideas, watch, and friends. And the website is? Uh, IWNFriends.com. So a lot of people's passions are like video games or basketball. You decided to launch a watch company. Yes. What was the thought process there? So, well, that's a long story. So when I was I a <laughs> teenager, so my first day, he was a watchmaker, and my grandpa also has a lot like pocket watches. So that got me um, into that passion. I really like watches. Um, and um, a few years ago, I started uh, doing some customization for watch dials. Um, that company called customerdial.com, and I work with a lot um, um, craftsmen in Asian countries and Eastern Europe to, to create those uh, in, engraved watch dials for different clients. And that got me uh, into that business. And one day I realized that I really want a whole watch, just brand branded my name uh, and, and tell my own story. So I started my first Kickstarter campaign in 2016. That was a small one. I produced a Moonface watch. Um, I got found it like 20K, almost 30K. Um, and that was a great experience. So um, I want to continue to um, want to continue to do that. And I started to search around the internet, and especially I searched a lot on Instagram and try to find a great partner. Um, and then I found my uh, partner Filippo. Um, he's an amazing designer, and he lives in Dubai. And start chatting about it, and we decided to to launch a, um, a new campaign on Kickstarter last year. So there's a lot of questions to have. So you said you had the passion because of your grandpa, right? Yes. And then you went into designing watches for a world-renowned watch company. 
How did that happen? You just send them your resume, like, I'm a 18-year-old kid. I like designing watches. Like, let me work for you. What was the challenge there of getting that rolling? So I, well, so the thing is, I, I own the whole thing. I own the whole initiative. So I, I did not reach out to anybody. I just like started the whole company myself. Well, not even a company. I started as a website. I reached out to you know um, a lot of watchmakers and saying that hey, I have a website built up and I have a lot of great um, traffic. Can I sell your uh, products there or can I you know generate some leads for you? I work with you. I really really have passion. I love connect. Um, great watchmakers with um, all those clients and a lot of them say yes and that's how I start connecting with those um, watch craftsmen and started you know um, watch dial customization business there. So it's a chicken before the egg scenario if yes. you will right so it's like you went out you built a website yes. you started doing the work and then you started trying to contact people to sell on your site. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Cool. And walk us through what it was like putting together a crowdfunding campaign. Yes. I think a lot of people will think, oh, I'm going to throw up my app idea or whatever right. on crowdfunding. And they sit back, relax, and just wait for the money to come in. I mean, that, is, does that make sense to you? Like, is that I, on par with what you experience? Sure. I think <laughs> the first thing is you need to be financially independent. I'm not going to lie. You've got to have some saving to set up that because you will need to run a lot of advertisement. Mm -hmm. um, because nowadays, it's like organic just doesn't work. Yeah. At the very beginning, maybe it works for Kickstarter, but like Kickstarter website has been out there for, I don't know, five years, seven years already. So that you have a lot of competitions in your category, mm -hmm. especially for design, for for you know, product innovation. There are tons of things out there. They are 10 times more innovative than your product. So you have to do some advertisement. So the first thing is you need to be financially independent. You need to have some saving. Um, I would say at least to have, thank you, at least, Thanks. Um, so at least have like 10K to, I would say 10K to 15K save up for advertisement. Um, and that's, that's the first thing I would recommend. Okay, so what are kind of, you have this huge article written up about you and your successful crowdfunding campaign. Yes. So you're not just some flash in the pan telling everyone how great you are about you actually have credibility behind you. Yep. Walk us through that article, how it kind of broke down your recommendations on putting together a successful crowdfunding campaign. So I think, like I said, you need to be, first thing I would say, like financially independent. Right. Second is not everybody has that much saving, then if you don't, then definitely look for a partner. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I do. Um, I look for a partner that's really good at design. I'm a little bit, um, um, I'm a little bit like weak or weak at that side. So I look for a partner, good at the side, have some funding, um, very action-oriented. Um, so that, that kind of covers your blind spots, exactly. if you will. Okay. Um, well, the second thing I would start doing um, is to reach out to like those PR companies or PR. Um, so all this like PR company could help you to build out a pre-campaign campaign, like start reaching out to your friends, your families, let them know you are doing this amazing thing, let them know that you're building up a website, let them know that you are um, start collecting um, more, um, start collecting all this um, fan 
friends um, on your social media. So, so I would say, um, I would say I have at least, I think I have almost 2,000 followers before I even launched a Kickstarter campaign. Okay. Um, and that is like, uh, we have different like email lists built out. One is your family, friends, very close colleagues and tell them you're doing this exciting things and ask them to refer, you know, more friends to, you know, follow your yeah. social media, let them know, let them get, get them excited about that. Um, and then, you know, they follow you on Instagram, they follow you on, on your, your website with your newsletter, then you get a really good um, followers and they are engaged with your product pre-launch. So the crowdfunding campaign isn't the promotional piece. Exactly. You're actually yeah. promoting the crowdfunding campaign. Yes. I, I mean, I've been to so many people like, I need to raise like 50 grand for my app idea or my whatever my idea, right? You know. That's not, you're telling me that that's not the way to do it. It's like you already have things in place. You're looking for the support as you're pushing through production, correct? That is correct. Okay. And, and, and some of them, some of them don't do it that way, but I think for a lot of like cloud founding producers at this point, it's using cloud founding as an advertisement channel, to okay. be honest with you. Um, and that helps them to get the money for production. But before that, you definitely need the product prototype. Mm -hmm. So you kind of already have that whole um, design, prototyping, uh, before you even launch the campaign. How did you choose your goal money, right? Like people just say, I need, I mean, I didn't interact with it. I need like 100 grand. For what? Marketing? Okay, where's your marketing plan? Where's whatever? Oh, well, we're just going to uh, pay Kim Kardashian hundred thousand dollars to tweet about our app and then it's gonna go really well for us like like how do you really scrutinize how much money you're gonna do and then like spending money to promote it right so like there's the cost benefit analysis there yes so I think you need to understand that most of the crowdfunding uh, money it's going to be for your production okay so it's not the actual manufacturing it's not something for your marketing that's why at the very beginning I said you have to have some saving or yeah. your partner like you have uh, partners that has some saving yeah. that could do that marketing piece um, because the production is not going to be cheap nowadays if you want to have like really um, high quality um, product plus you need to have like minimum orders anyway so I think that confounding uh, money is definitely for the product production yep. so what was it like working on a production piece versus working on like an app idea what was it like sourcing a manufacturer ensuring deliveries on time getting like everything squared away yeah what's it like calling you know a manufacturing company i have no ton of manufacturing companies yes. who am i going to call hey guys speak to your president why i'm this dude who lives at home with his parents i had this crowdfunding campaign going right now i need to make a watch company can you set me up yeah one second click oh okay oops <laughs> like um, how do you kind of go about that so like i said before you even you know get into that confounding campaign you need to already have all this like prototype ready um and that means that you already engage with the manufacturer so the way i do it is um my business partner Filippo, like write all those um he designed all this prototypes and we um, I have a lot of relationship, like I mentioned before, uh, before I even head into the watch business um, with different manufacturers, with like watchmakers. So 
I kind of send those designs to them, let them quote for me. Okay. Um, so like, what's the price if I need to produce a prototype or produce like three or four prototypes? Um, so they would get back to me, and that's how I start selecting the vendors. And that's pretty normal, like business as usual for them, like. A designer sends them a prototype yeah, sketch. Yeah, I think it's okay. actually very business as usual. And I, okay. I think a lot of watchmakers, um, it's very open to that. Or even like some big manufacturers, they always look for leads. Okay. So, um, Alibaba is a very great website. Yeah. Um, so you can find a lot of good manufacturers in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard a lot of like great manufacturers are now in India. Okay. So definitely try that too. So what was it like for you to do with like supply chain, right? So like you have this idea, then you go manufacture. Where's like the trust lie? Like, are you experienced in handling and delivering goods now? Like, yeah. um, well, to be honest with you, like the prototype process is really, yeah. really painful because you have multiple reversions or uh, iterations on that. You have to, especially for watches, it's not like an app or whatever, right? Yeah. You need to create a physical product and that take multiple rounds of reproduce and do some um, redesign. So, however, you know, I work with a very uh, trustworthy um, manufacturer and they did a really good job, like, you know, back and forth with the design and and uh, redesigned a prototype. It, it, it's just going to take time. Like, for me, the whole design prototyping process took me, like, um, six months. Okay. I think it's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and after six months, you get the you know ideal prototype. You start doing some marketing stuff and 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 uh, start to thinking about a confounding campaign. So this isn't something you start over a weekend with your buddies oh, no. having a few beers. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, whoever think it that way, then um, I highly recommend to you to start literally do it, um, not just like think about it. No, seriously, I like I said, starting from my first version of watch to now it's almost three years for me wow yeah so yeah so what was it like for you dealing with deliverables right so you I'm gonna ask like a Shark Tank kind of style question right how many watches do you just have to like buy how big is your purchase order right you're a small like two person company how much money do you guys have to buy like 2,000 watches or whatever it is like was you guys kind of pick and choose how many watches you wanted to order was it customized per order how did that all play out so for like physical product like most manufacturers will require at least 500 minimum orders. okay um, and that's how we go for account funding because there's no way that we will be able to yeah. you know uh, sup- like get that funding ourselves so 500 you know, um, and our price is around 100 and 200, so that's a big amount of money. Yeah. And that's how you get into the account funding platform and okay. get a raise, a rate ratio of funding. So yeah, around 500. That's for a physical product. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, when you bring on a partner, everyone is always asking about equity splits and whatnot. How, like, from Let's say you just have a great idea. How do you kind of figure out enough business savviness to handle all those executive decisions with someone who's like your friend or someone you've met on Instagram, right? How do you kind of keep that professional and moving forward as you know decisions are made with all this money floating around? Yes. So I think it's you need to take risks. To be honest with you, I literally met. 
Philippor on Instagram. So yeah. I just searched like the hashtag industrial design. I browse around the yeah. designer's design and I found Philippor has amazing design. Um, and then start reaching out to him and you know do a, a few engagement and like telling him, hey, I'm very good at clown founding. Should we do do it together? Yeah. I love watches. And he goes like, yeah, sure. And then we start a draft of you know handshake agreement. Like let's do 50, 50. Yeah. And, and another thing I want to mention here is just like my personal principle. You always let your partner earn a little bit more than you. So that's just my uh, just my personal principle. Just like you know, be what nice. Do, what do you know that? It's not like so. Like I actually pay Philip for the design. Okay. Um. So I pay five five k for the design. Yeah. So he earned a little bit more than I do. Nice. Before that revenue split. Yeah. Um. So I think that's 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 a really nice relationship that you showcase that you yeah. really really want that engagement and that's how I start building my trust I, I'm the same way actually so like you know given like basic standard deviation everyone that comes to my podcast I give them some sort of gift free meal like what you're experiencing right now yes. or I give them like something in the mail or whatever yeah. right like literally like, someone liking my podcast it took like a year like well, I, I'm too busy for dinner I'm like fine you want screw you just send them some shit in the mail like this is so nice to you like you took the time to sit down with me and explain like your passion and whatever and so like, I totally understand that big time like it's nothing in return it's just like me appreciating what they're doing I think that's how business should be built opposed to I feel bad at cutting you this $10,000 check because I owe you for goods and services opposed to like awesome or like building something together like I have some different scenarios right but like building something together like feeling good about it yeah yeah totally I think I think it's a mutual beneficial relationship if you have that trust built out um, so yeah um, so yeah we have after that we have like handshake agreement like 50-50 and uh, we define our roles at the very beginning he is focusing on product mm. I'm focusing on marketing PR and uh, operation okay and so you guys just launched the new website yes walk us through that so you're the marketing background right who's kind of your target customer are you guys he's in dubai you're here in chicago are you guys selling on a global scale are you guys selling north america so uh, how does it all play out so now we are still um kind of debating that but a few uh, target markets we already uh, identified one is dubai one is the us and um canada um asian countries like singapore and hong kong are also our um targets um, so the website was built in Dubai. Uh, we are really lucky because Philip's girlfriend is also a very professional sales and marketing um, 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 directors and, and UAE, and she has a lot of great connections. So he, um, so we use a, use a lot of those relationships. And by the way, be a, being an entrepreneur is really important to get those um, relationship built out so you can you know get more exposures with very minimum cost um, yeah so what makes IW and friends so unique compared to the other watch companies out there I can go online Google or eBay watches and get some shit from a overseas manufacturer for $13 sure. that's gonna fall apart in 10 minutes or I can go to Nordstrom's and buy some stuff yep so <clears throat> I think the unique part of it is our product itself um, the design we created um, is a regulator watch so that means all the 
hands are very separate. So you have minute on um, you have the minute hands um, on the very left corner, and you have your hours. It's a long hands on the center. So that make it very very unique. Our movement it's um, it's kind of customized for that. Um, so that's our unique product and. <clears throat> Um, if you want to buy a very good regulator watches on eBay or on Amazon or even Austin, like it's going to cost you a thousand dollars. So our pricing is actually um, uh, kind of low cost, okay, um, yeah. five hundred bucks. So that's a that's a really good one. And then on Kickstarter's, our early early bird um, um, backers are getting that um, at three hundred bucks. So that's a really really good price. Um, another thing is. <clears throat> We constantly innovative, uh, being very innovative for um, the glasses um, on the watch. Um, not a lot of watches will have double glasses, and that's what we do. And that took us a lot of time for design and engineering. Okay. Um, and it's like a symmetry um, sandwich. So that's the whole design is very, very unique, and it's, it's something that you cannot find um, on the market. Well, the one you gave me, I just flash in front of all the ladies, and they love it for you, so. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so that the one that I gave it to JP, that was the first product, or the first uh, Kickstarter campaign um, I did myself with Afilipo. Um, that that gave me a lot of experience, especially when you did the campaign. A lot of backers will give you like really really useful um, feedback, and that helps you to further define your, your brand, further define your um, product. Right. Um, so yeah, that's also a very unique watch. That's uh, the the one that I gave JP. It's a Moonface watch. Um, if you want to buy a Moonface watch in the mar market, you know, minimum it's a thousand or a thousand, at least like, you know, fifteen hundred. So yeah, that's also a very good price product. So what are some of the challenges you've gone through so far running a watch company on the side of your day job? So you can't be in your email making phone calls during the day unless you're the usual person calling from the, the stall or the sure. conference room. <laughs> so honestly, I am a walkaholic, so I kind of fly uh, work and then do work after work yeah. <laughs> um, and then I sleep. So that that's just like my, my work-life balance is a little bit different than others. I, I really enjoy using some freshman time, like for example, like in the train, I would just like browse all the emails, reply my emails beyond my, you know, May career, uh, which for example, my watch company, I also have some smaller, smaller startups, um, which has nothing to do with the watch. <clears throat> I just want to use those like commute time to do all this. Um, also, I outsource a lot of stuff. For example, we have, um, um, one of our backers really enjoy, um, you know, having conversation with us and you know, love the watch. Yeah. So he um, wants to really become our sales people. Um, so that helps us, helps us a lot when we do the um, sales work. Um, and I work with Philip um, a lot offline and he managed a lot um, um, customer services. So I, I, I guess it's a combination of outsourcing, um, time management, and having a really great partnership. So where do you guys see the company in one, two, five years from now? Are you going to be doing that full-time? Is this always going to be a part-time thing and letting Philip kind of run it? How is that going to kind of play out? Um, at this point, I think both Philip and I think we should run it uh, part-time. Okay. Uh, but once, you know, our revenue, you know, go above our daytime job yeah. salary, uh, we will consider to make it a full-time. Okay. And so... 
With so many things going on in your life, how are you gonna? How do you prioritize what you do with your time? Right? Like again, I think it's a time management thing. A lot okay. of people don't know how to fo- be focused, and that's something I'm very good at. Like I could be like the first minute I would just like do my watch stuff, like replying email, you know, talk to people, talk to sales, talk to people. The other minute I could like completely go in my daytime job. So I think it's it's the the time that you. Train yourself to be very concentrated on stuff, um, and you know I also work out a lot, so that helps me to be very hyper. Yeah. And I think you know that's really important. You have to be very hyper. You have your passion. You are very energetic, and you know how to balance. Um, and 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 doing the time management. Yeah, I feel a lot of people have the mentality of I don't have time to work out because I'm doing my day job and then a side hustle. I found when I actually make time to work out for maybe it was 50 minutes in the morning or 50 minutes right after work yeah. before I take that my mental break, like I'm super like energized and focused because I was away from my phone, away from my computer too, exactly. and I have a clear sense of mind. And then I'm like, all right, let's like hit this hard. And then you know, got text like all the like women in my life, like all 37 of them, like, hey, what's up, baby? I miss you. But, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So we have some time differences. Yeah. And in the morning is then, you know, night time. It's the perfect timing for us to, you know, talk. And yeah. So, and I also use that time to work out. So basically, I'm talking to my mom while I'm working out. I actually feel really, you know, peace when I'm doing that that way. I, I will be spending, you know, I will be able to spend time with my family. Also, I am um, refreshing my body. So yeah. I feel really fulfilled <laughs> that time. Yeah, for me, like, I've definitely taken phone calls with, like, people are, like, on the run or whatever. And I just... Congratulate them on like multitasking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just you need to be able to multitask. Um, I think that's a skill set you should get if you want to be a part time entrepreneur. So people say fake it till you make it or you're all in. Do you have any recommendations on, you know, figuring out what makes sense to do something on the side versus quitting your job and going all in? Like, how do you kind of find that fine line? To be honest, I have no big. I'm not able to find that fine line at this yeah. point. So my concept is, I feel fulfilled to have both. I mean, I have you know passion that you know outside of work. I also want to have some you know um, make career going on. Um, so I think it's both, and, and I think it depends on how you want it. A lot of people think that they they want to be their own boss. Then yeah, just quit your job and do it. Um, a lot, and, and, and others just feel more comfortable, have some, um, you know, stable income, and then do their passion and be a part-time entrepreneur. So I don't think there is a, you know, one-way answer. So um. if you're gonna, if someone was quitting their job, be their own boss. What should they evaluate? Is it they just don't like the politics of their company? How do they stay motivated to wake up every morning at not 11 o'clock, not play video games for two hours, not nurse their hangover, and do their job? You know, like, I've, I've been in situations where I've had to do different things of that nature, too. And so it's like, how do you sit there and be motivated to do things? When you're kind of, like, in the groove, like, all the time, it's easy, right? When you're your own boss, like, all right, sweet, like, let's do this. And then there's, like, you don't have tasks to do. I, well, I think one is you have real passion. Number two is you need to set some goals for yourself. Like, this year, I want to hit something. Then you just work towards your goal. 
How do you guys set goals uh, working with someone in Dubai? Like, what, what are your, how do you guys break down kind of goals throughout the year, throughout the month to actually produce on that? Like, you yeah, wanna, so yeah. we, we have timetable, time right? For, for example, like this quarter, what we want to achieve. Okay. Uh, next quarter, what we want to achieve. But um, for the achievement, it's not like revenue all the time. That could be um, this month, I really want to fix that, you know, customer support channel. Or this month, I want to, you know, fire a sales guy in Dubai or fire a sales guy in Singapore. So we, you know, just do Skype meeting and just talk through it. So... Are you guys looking at launching other product lines? Are you going to become the next like Alibaba, or are you guys just going to say niche in like the watch market? Well, we definitely don't want to be the Alibaba. We want yeah. to be a very boutique uh, product. And to be honest with you, I think we will only produce 500 watches per year. Uh, and at this point, we do have next round's model design. Um, but. I just don't want to be a, you know, retail. We want to be a very unique brand, and um, I think that's all our backers and all our customers want. So you are kind of like the prom dresses of high school, where you don't want to have the same watch as someone else, but you also want to look fresh for the event. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, I, I just think like a limited version of watches just like bring great reputation of our brand. I, I, don't want like overproduce anything. I started to become more and more passionate actually let's say in 2018 about uniqueness and you know very few like one of a kinds etc and people are always like oh why would you want to spend extra money on that it's like hey you know it's super good quality because the person gives a shit about what they're putting together for you and B you feel good about like what you have on like you know that's why I don't wear a lot of like sports jerseys and stuff it's like oh cool man like Anthony Rizzo jersey, cool, yeah, man, like, yeah. awesome, like, you know, I, I like to be, like, different, but also, like, fit in, so it's kind of like that fine line, Exactly. and that's also what passion's all about, is finding your own perspective on things. I think so, I think, you know, we are all human beings, and we are all looking for some product to represent our um, personality, and um, for me, I really want to produce something that could represent our customer's personality. And with watches too, like I've been learning quickly in my time in the fashion industry, accessories are where you spend your money. Shirts, pants, whatever, come and go, come and wear every so often. Accessories is where you put the money into it. Yeah, totally. So if you had some uh, last recommendations for anyone wanting to start their own company, Kickstarter campaign, what do you want to leave our listeners with? Well, number one is definitely don't just think about it. If you really want to do it, I think you should plan about it and work towards your goal. Break it down by, you know, different phrases. You know, for, for example, like Q1, I want to find a partner. Q2, I want to, you know, start doing the design and prototyping. Q3, I want to start reaching out to some PR people and start building out the brand. Q4, I want to launch a campaign. So you, you, you want to have some goals each quarter um, based on your overall, um, uh, overall goals or, or your passion. Um, and, and again, I, I really want to emphasize this again. It's like be financial um, independent. It's extremely important. 
Because there's no way that a bank or a small lenders will lend you like 10k, 20k with just a simple concept. You have to have some base, um, and that has to come from your own money. And if even you look for a partner, like no one is willing to pay, you know, the whole thing. So definitely start thinking about it, saving some money, and um, go from there. So be serious about your passion and pursue it with a passion. Exactly. <laughs> yes. This was a fun interview for me. I actually learned a ton. I previously read her article on the crowdfunding campaign. I've interacted with tons of people who have done crowdfunding campaigns, either from participating in them, hosting them, or thinking they want to hold them. I've actually been with people who I was a part of the crowdfunding campaign, and for some reason were disappointed when we didn't hit our goal of X number of dollars. They thought you just put up on Facebook, put up on Instagram, put it up on wherever, and then sit back, relax, and collect your goods. Not true at all. So if you're thinking about starting your own company, thinking about improving your company and doing a crowdfunding campaign, maybe you give this a second listen and give that article another read where you can learn from Amber Leo's successful $118,000 crowdfunding campaign on a watch company. Hope you enjoyed the episode. This episode is sponsored by Athenosphere. That's athenosphere.com. It's a marketplace for artist services here in Chicago. It's where you can find photographers, models, makeup artists, and entertainers, and book their services directly online. Visit the community and talk with them directly. No need to hassle with finding out payments later on or interviewing them or searching the internet for different places to find different opportunities to source these types of people for your event, for your work, or for anything else you might need them for. Athenosphere is all about artist passion. Live it, breathe it, book it. All in one simple click. Athenosphere.com If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, Feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.